Oops. Oh, hi, it's uh, Charlotte Pearson, the producer of Ready Row USA. I'm here with Stuart Shepard of Reckon Rowers, the recently completed uh, Atlantic crossing with uh, he and his four crewmates. Hi, Stuart. Hi, hi, Charlotte. Yeah, are you in England or in the Wales? Uh, England, so we're England. on the Welsh okay. border, actually. Oh, but, I uh, see, just, okay. Just, just, just in England. Because I, I finally figured out why you named your crew the Reckon Rowers. So we'll oh, get oh, yeah. we'll get okay. to that in a second. But uh, anyway, readyrowusa.com is our website. We are, um, I will flip the flip the slides here in a second. Um, yeah, like I said, Reckon Rowers is our featured uh, crew on this uh, pop-up podcast, we're calling them. There's kind of little informal discussions. We'll be having our main episode with four from home on March 8th. And we had Project X, the two women from Switzerland on this morning. And that was really fun. And I think you were there, Stuart. I really appreciate you making comments. That was great. That's okay. Yeah. And so four from home, they're the veterans who are raising money for veterans, uh, suicide prevention and PTSD treatment. And we'll have a few surprises. I think we're going to have a special guest on on the 8th for uh, to celebrate International Women's Day uh, month, uh, the month of March. The day is March 8th. And uh, we, we celebrated a little bit with Project X this morning with Marina and Sonia. So we are, yeah, all these are times are U.S. Eastern time. UTC minus five at the, at the moment. And the series is sponsored by the Wave Coastal and Offshore Rowing Magazine. We really appreciate their sponsorship and helping us keep the lights on. Um, they have launched a new uh, page on their website, thewaverowing.com for uh, ocean and off, offshore and ocean open water rowing. So that is going to be packed full of networking opportunities and resources and lots of good information. He's really on top of it. His name is, the publisher's name is Stuart, no, um, Craig Chalk. Thank you, Craig, you're the best. And we also have uh, Sykes and Resolute, our racing boat uh, manufacturers are sponsoring since last year. Uh, Burnham Boat Slings, one of, Everybody in, at least in the U.S. has, <laughs> that I know of almost, has a uh, Burnham boat cover. They are really well made. And I love the company. It's up here in New Hampshire near me. Um, just excellent, excellent customer service, both of those companies. And my website designer and manager is Laura Williams of GoodInklings.com. If you go to my website, ReadyRowUSA.com, she designed that. I took this picture at Community Rowing in Boston. I just love it. It's like 5.30 in the morning and these these are new learn to row uh, students there on the dock. Yeah, I know it's just it's just my favorite picture. <laughs> was, so is that down on the Charles River, is it? Then? Yes, sir, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been that, there a few times, yeah. Oh, good, yeah, we'll come by and we'll row. You know, if you drop by, I'll get a double or a quad together and we can do some rowing. Mm. If that's an interest. That dock there, I fell off it last fall, <laughs> carrying a double. <laughs> uh, I bruised my ribs, but I did not crack them. Oh, well. Uh, all right. Um, this is uh, Project X, Marie and Sonia. They 
this is like, I just love this picture. This is totally like their personality. Um, you know, they were so fun to talk to this morning. And Stuart, um, we are, uh, I, thought I, I thought I had a, yeah, I have a, a slide for you too. Yeah, there you are. So which one are you? You're on the left there, right? Le le left hand side for me, yeah. Yeah, 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 great. Uh, so I guess, you know, us lay people, what got you into it? Like, what made you think you wanted to do this? And why this? Well, well actually, we're, um, I'm, I'm from a, a, an area in the UK called Shropshire, a county called Shropshire. So mm -hmm. uh, it's quite a small rural county. And I'm a member of a rowing club called the Shropshire Adventure Rowing Club. And we row Celtic boats, so not fine boats like your rowing, Charlie, mm -hmm. um, Celtic boats. And we have about 52 members of that club and 11 of us have rowed the Atlantic. So we've got quite a pedigree for a landlocked county where uh, 11 of us have now rowed the Atlantic. So quite, quite an amazing thing. So kind of interest comes from that. And so you kind of got the... Um... You could you see other people doing it, and you kind of know what their experience is like. So that that help you a little bit. Um, you you kind of ignore that a little bit because everybody's experience is unique to them. I think mm -hmm. and every race mm -hmm. is unique to the uh, the race that you run. But what you do get is a bug for it. You know, like we're we're all quite adventurous rowers. So we've uh, like as a club, we've rowed the Amazon from end start to finish. We've uh, rowed the Irish Sea a few times. We do a lot of coastal rowing. So we, we like to have a bit of adventure and uh, rowing mm -hmm. a, an ocean, uh, something like the Atlantic, is probably the ultimate adventure that you can have. So uh, that's why we keep signing up for it. Don't you think so? Yeah, that is just amazing. Um, yeah, I row on the Charles River, which is with a racing shell. It's it's adventurous for in its own way <laughs> because of the twists and turns and stuff. But I don't think I could row on a lake, you know, and go around in circles or something. I just, I need some interest, but um, yeah, so that's amazing. And so this, well, this was your first time though, right? Yeah. All of us. Yeah. It's the uh, first time that we've uh, rode the ocean and um, it was just fantastic. Yeah. Hard, really yeah. hard. You know, we, we all wanted to uh, find a challenge that would really push us to the extremes of um, your endurance, both physically and mentally. And it, mm -hmm. and it really does, you know, strangely enough, the physical side of it becomes easier. The mental side of it becomes harder the longer you're in the race. Uh, and so the, the mental side of it is really, really important that you pay attention to that and how how you yeah. um, approach things. So you were how many days on the on the water? Uh, well, uh, 40 days, 33, uh, 12 hours and 33 minutes yeah. our, our ending time. And again, this was your first time personally, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the hardest part about, or what was the like the most powerful experience that you had? Or was there a high point or a low point? Yeah, there were lots of those. I mean, we, we had an interesting experience that we, our boat was holed by a marlin. So we got struck by a marlin um, 750 miles from home. Um, and it left a big hole in our boat in the bottom of the hull. So um, that was uh, that was a challenge because we had to row the the last 750 miles with two of our lockers filled with water. And Did you to... have any repair or stuff? No. We we ended up doing a repair with the 
the lid of a sandwich box. So we actually put that over the, it was quite a big hole. So the sandwich box lid was a fair old size. Mm -hmm. And we put that over the top of the hole and it, what it did, it stopped water flowing in and out, but it never couldn't prevent the hole leak itself. So we then just stuffed the lockers as much as we could. And then we were carrying probably about um, 100 litres of water extra on the boat for the remainder of the row itself. So uh, that, was, you... that was quite a challenge, but it was actually so rewarding as well to get over that. Well, to know that you had overcome that, it's just like, did it, did you, could you tell that it was slowing you down? Yes. Um, I mean, we went down, we were covering round about between 70 and 78 miles a day. And once we got hit by the marlin, we initially went down to about 50, 52 miles a day. So yeah. costing us 20 miles. But then as we managed to retrim the boat and do lots of things, we did get our speed back up to over 70 miles a day. But uh, we had to do a lot of work to get that. And did, did the marlin think that you were lunch or something or what was the... Yeah, we think so. Um, on the bottom of these ocean rowing boats, you have reflective tape so that if the boat flips over and you're stuck upside down, mm -hmm. then you're visible a lot more easily by rescue boats and so forth. Yeah. And we, we just think that that reflective, it looks like a shoal of fish. So it goes and attacks it. There you go. And, uh, yeah. and the way that it hold our boat, it went through the bottom of the boat and through a locker. So the beak on this marlin must have been at least three foot long. So it was a big old fish that came at us. Did he get stuck there? Or did he... No, no, it, it rammed into us, stopped the boat almost dead in its tracks and then then went off and just wow. left us with a nice hole. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. Mm. And did you see whales and things like that? Or? Same day, actually. When, uh, mm -hmm. when we got struck by the marlin, we um, later in the day, as we were all feeling a bit sorry for ourselves, it's almost like the whales came along to cheer us up. So we then had um, three or four whales come along and then just swim around the boat and under the boat. And uh, we got some of it on video as well. And that was just amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. And did were there any big storms or like, like, how do you deal with a storm? Does it, does the boat go up over a wave like a? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, when you're sat in the, uh, I would say most of the people that are watching your videos are rowers. So they'll know when you're talking about bow and stern and so forth so when yes. you're, you're sat at the stern of the boat and uh, your aspect of the sea you've got the boat the, the stern of the boat is about two foot higher than your than you are and then you're looking at the waves coming at you and they must be 30 foot high when they're coming at you and sometimes you'll ride them so you'll get your mm -hmm. boat tipped up one way go over the top of the wave and down the other um, sometimes you don't and it'll break over the back and you just get completely soaked through. Um, and those are all right. They're, they're lots of fun because you learn to uh, surf the waves a little bit and you can get your speed up to nine, yeah. ten knots, which is fantastic. Um, it's the waves coming from the side that you don't see and they come and hit you from the side and you're just soaked through the skin and then you're pushed off your seat and you're in the, you know, you're in the gullies of the boat and you, your shoes are still strapped into the Foot, foot straps and you're not you're you're sat in the gully and then you get back up and then the same happens again a few minutes later um, but are you tied it, on aren't you tied you're tied on in case you get swept over right yeah always yes yeah. yeah that's that's one of the big mantras of ocean rowing is that you always say stay strapped onto the boat itself so you mm -hmm. wear a safety harness 100 percent of the time as soon as you open that door and you get out you're strapped back onto the boat um, because it's true if you come off if you come off that boat no matter how good a 
try you have a trying to rescue them, that person's going to be gone. You, you're not going to get that boat turned around fast enough to yeah. get back to them. I think I saw a picture of one of the crews. A guy had gone went over. Yeah, Is that I mean, possible? again, yeah. Well, it can. I mean, people have died uh, doing ocean rowing, but um, yeah, I don't mean he. I mean, he was strapped in, and I, I don't know if he went completely over, but it, you know, he was. He was looking at the ocean. <laughs> oh well, it does when when there's, there's people do capsize in the Pacific boys. When you speak mm -hmm. to them, I think they did capsize in this year's race. And that's okay, that makes yeah. yeah, that's horrific if that if that happens. Um, you yeah. do get a lot of where you're nearly tipped over, so you're you're on your seat and you're holding on to uh, you know like port side and you're looking down to starboard and uh, all you can see is ocean and then it, it writes itself but it's, it's all exciting stuff it's amazing how you get used to it you know you it sounds a bit scary but it's not it's it's yeah it's really no i get it yeah quite thrilling yeah, yeah quite i thrilling. mean and you just have the task at hand you have to do it or you're not going to go anywhere you know that that is that is exactly it you understand it perfectly you're doing yeah. the task at hand and you're just getting on with it and you don't really think about yeah. um, the problems and the dangers you're just getting on with the job it's good yeah it's great it's amazing how you adapt yeah yeah it's uh the human what humans are capable of doing is just that's kind of what the powerful part of this for me you know like and i want to get into a little bit of, of uh, who, who you're raising money for but uh, any other like sort of epiphanies i know the uh, marina and sonia were talking about the glassy ocean and the stars at night and the reflection and it just looked like this big 360 star you know well i, I think I, I was listening to that obviously as you know and and i agree the first few days that we had out out on the ocean it was like rowing on a lake it was yeah. just unbelievable there was just no movement on that water and it was fantastic because we we were great we had no seasickness at all on our boat no nobody had seasickness no, i was going to ask you about days. that yeah yeah mm -hmm. so it was so calm so we didn't have that we struggled to eat which was a different matter altogether um, and then the conditions just changed as the wind starts to pick up and the ocean moves. Mm -hmm. and, and we had the same thing with the plankton. So one of our crew is visually impaired, so he's registered blind, uh, right. Stuart Richards. And uh, even he, he, he's got periphery vision. Uh, and even he, so Stuart is the uh, second in from the left. Mm -hmm. Even he could see the glow of this plankton as we were moving through the water. So as the bow of the as the bow of the boat went up and then down onto the waves, then the yeah. plankton would light up and you just have a stream of green light going down the side of the boat and then your oars going in. Amazing. And it, and, and they're right about the stars. It's it's so clear <laughs> at night. You just, it's full um, and you just see every constellation. We don't you know, see that, that here because it's all lit up, you know. Mm, it, or, yeah, it's just amazing. And yeah. It, whilst you're doing a job out there and you're working hard, um, it's surprising how little time you have for contemplation. Because <laughs> you're either you're either working, you're doing a job, or you're sleeping, and then okay. you've just got the bits of time yeah. in between. Um, but when you do have that time, it's just amazing to just lie there, and you never quite get silence either, because the boat's always moving, and you mm -hmm. know what it's like when you're on one of your boats. It's the sound of the oars, it's the sound mm -hmm. of the water. Uh, and that's actually a very reassuring sound. When, when I came off the boat the first night that I was um, on a normal bed, again, I couldn't get to sleep. And I was thinking, what's what's actually wrong? Why can't I get to sleep? And it was because I couldn't hear the water. And so yeah. mentally, I was just making that noise and the oars going. 
and then off off I dropped to sleep. And uh, you need uh, one of those baby cribs with the rocking motion. Yes. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else was I going to ask you? Um, oh, your first meal when you got off the boat. Oh well, every, everybody gets a burger, so you're going to get the same answer on that one. So when when you come off it, what you should be asking is, what's the first meal that you enjoyed when you got off? The boat? <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. what i would ask and actually that was breakfast the following day because we came in at night so we had a burger um mm -hmm. in the morning late at night and breakfast the following day was just having some fresh fruit that you could go to and you could have as much fresh fruit yeah. as you wanted and uh yeah that that was fantastic and so uh, you had these sort of mres that i mean what granola bars power bars oh yeah we had all that stuff and and actually the the food was a real problem part for me because it's all rehydrated things and, yeah. and we didn't have any hot water so our we we had a problem with the gas supply for our um boiler where it, it was uh -huh. gone for five days we had no hot water so everything we had was cold um and rehydrating the food uh, and the food when it's hot is pretty rough when it's cold it's really rough um so and, you and that's don't want no, to use yeah, not, not detrimental to the manufacturers at all. It can be quite tasty, but we just struggled with it. Um, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. You just so, like so the get, get, Go ahead. Yeah, get, getting real food and real fruit again was just fantastic. I can only imagine, yeah. Well, that's great. I wanted to close up uh, with just uh, talking about these uh, charities that you're supporting through your rowing and what they mean to you and how people can assist in your effort. Okay, well, there's a thing I want to ask you about, Charlotte, as well, before we, we close up, mm -hmm. if we can. So the charities that we raise money for, we um, raise money for the Royal National Institute for the Blind, because one of our mm -hmm. guys crews um, visually impaired, yeah, so yeah. we raise money for them. And then we also raise money for a local hospice. So we're, uh, there's a hospice that works within our um, area and they do fantastic work. And we've, we've all had friends and relatives that have had to use that hospice. Mm -hmm. And so we, we managed to raise um, just probably over $200,000. Uh, That's for incredible. Those two, for those two charities. So um, we're really pleased with that. And, and, and everybody in our community. So when you speak with Paul from home, what they've got is a fantastic community around them where they live and they've raised a phenomenal amount of money. I mean, it was over $600,000 yeah. when I last spoke to them. Um, yeah. I watched and, them, their interview, you know, and I just, I teared up because, yeah. you know, they were yeah. so obviously so moved by their mission. Yeah. yeah. And they're great. And we had the same thing. Our, our local air, you know, where we live, we're all local people, just ordinary guys, mm -hmm. and the whole community got round us and, and raised a phenomenal amount of money and things like that. So it's just fantastic. And it really does have an effect when you're out there rowing hard and feeling a bit depressed at times. Yeah. You've got all those people behind you. It, it kind of motivates you to just keep going. It, it really does have an effect. But the question I got for you, um, Charlotte, was yes, uh, your American accent. It's always uh, like we are wrecking rowers, but it's actually reeking rowers. Reeking. I thought you knew about the you were saying wrecking rowers because you knew about the boat that we didn't make it with that we actually did manage to trash a boat during our training. Awesome. That's yeah. that's a that I mean it's like you know fulfilling the name, you know. It is, yeah, that's that's it. So we we always uh, everybody called us wrecking rowers, even when you knew how to pronounce it correctly. I but, was wondering all those team names are so fun to figure out. <laughs> yeah, but but it's actually a great um, uh, a great thing for people that are looking to do something adventurous like this. One of the key 
the key drives you've got to have is is to keep going you know so we lost yeah. our boat about four months five months before the start of the race and these boats are on an 18 month order to try and get something and we managed to get hold of a replacement boat and with no equipment on it and then we had to tr do our training without any electronics and then get the electronics fitted and really it's about keeping going i think that's what rowing in ocean does for people mm -hmm. and all the teams and all the people there when when you're at the start of the race the unbelievable thing is you've got all these teams that are in competition with each other willing to help yeah with anything that's, that anybody else might want it, it's, i heard some stories about that yeah. yeah i love it yeah. yeah and the fact that you all know each other i mean marina and sonia knew you guys and four from home and you know you know it's yeah, really well, we cool. spend a good couple of weeks, um, really, where we're all working very closely with each other and, yeah. um, you know, you're helping out and you're having a laugh and um, you <laughs> all know that you've got something ahead of you that's really going to test you. So yeah, that's you're, great. You're, um, you're, you are racing to win, but you're racing yourself and that's the key thing. Well, we are kind of coming to the end here. Um, it, they all take longer because I, I could talk for hours with you, but... Um, Shall I Jason. answer J Jason's question? Yeah, shall I answer that? Yes, one? please do. Yes, Jason um, is going so, to be one of our hosts on on the uh, four from home. So, all oh, right. Well, Jason, um, it was naivety. That's what wrecked our boat. <laughs> that uh, we we were doing our first nighttime row out on the Welsh coast, and the Welsh coast can be pretty rough, and it was quite a rough night, and we miscalculated where we were by about five miles. So we were five miles further west than we thought we should have been. Uh, and we didn't take notice of it. And um, we we actually just rode straight onto a set of rocks. Uh, and if we'd have been if we'd have been 200 yards north or south, we'd have gone to a beach. But we didn't. We went into the rocks. And once it got hold of it, we were the first people to write off a Rannoch ocean rowing boat. You had a rent. Do they all have Rannochs? Um, most of them did. I mean, yeah. um, Project X, they've got uh, what they call the whale boat, so which yeah. I think mm -hmm. are designed in Holland. Yeah. So there's a few of those appearing now, but predominantly the race, probably 30 of the boats were Rannoch boats in this year's race. Yeah. So between the Marlin and the Rocks, you've pretty much destroyed oh, yeah, your reputation. Yeah, if the boat hasn't got a hole in it, we're not interested. <laughs> Oh God, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, if you can jump on uh, with Jason and Ryan on the eighth and ask questions and stuff, we'd love to have you. And you know, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's always more yeah. it's always more fun when people chime in and stuff. But uh, Recon Rowers, Recon-Rowers.com is your website, and we uh, you are role models for the rest of us, Stuart. So thank you. Oh. No, well, thank you, Charlotte, and uh, you keep rowing on Charles River, and I'll, if I get over there again <laughs> next year or this year, then I'll give you a call. We'll show you a good time. We have we have some pretty fast Harvard eights that cruise up and down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't get you. You're in fine boats. You're going to have a rough a rough rower come on one of those boats. You might have to take care of me. I think. Well, you might be so powerful that we we just like. <laughs> race on down the river i don't know <laughs> good well let's stay in touch and thank you so much for for telling us about your experience this is great okay love uh, to talk to you all okay. bye bye bye